The following audio is from Summit Church. For more information on Summit Church, visit www.summitonline.tv. I believe that God has a message for you and for your family today. And it's one that I honestly wasn't supposed to give. This is a message that uh, Tia Worley, our Connections pastor, wrote. I've kind of edited, and it's Saturday night, and we're up here uh, producing it so that you can come together and hear what I believe the Lord has for each and every one of us in light of where we're at in the world. And that is we're home. And there's a lot of people who are afraid, and rightly so. I've never seen anything like this. I, I really haven't. The, the world is really turned upside down right now, but I believe that there is an anchoring truth and an anchoring hope that is Jesus. And in this season, in this time, we need him more than anything else. So I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to have the opportunity to share this message with you and hopefully to u- unite us around that truth that Jesus is still in control, that he is completely and utterly more than enough. And the message that I wanna share today, it's actually from several different places in the Old Testament. It's the story of the Israelites, okay? The Israelites were God's chosen people who were in captivity for 400 years in Egypt and God sent Moses as his servant to set his people free. And if you're familiar with this story, as they left Egypt after the plagues, they came to the Red Sea, God divinely just parted it. They walked across on dry land. Their pursuers were swallowed back by the water. Just this beautiful and miraculous thing. It should have taken them roughly two weeks to get to the promised land. But the problem is immediately, in the midst of the wilderness, God's people started to grumble. They started to complain. They saw their circumstances. They saw what was happening around them. And some even had the audacity to say, we were better off as slaves. We should just go back to Egypt and take our punishment and keep building the pyramids. That's what we should do. They did this because in the wilderness, sometimes things don't make sense. Sometimes life gets hard. Sometimes the season that you're in becomes confusing and difficult. I would say definitively that we are in one of those seasons right now. I'm confused. This is hard, potentially scary. We are in a wilderness type season as a world. And that's something I never really thought was possible. But we can learn, we can learn from God's people and actually their failures. They failed in obedience. They failed in trusting God. And I don't want us to do that. In this season where there are far more questions than answers, I want us to trust. I want us to obey. I want us to pursue more of God in this season. That's my heart, that's my desire, that's what I believe we as a church family need more than anything else, more than tests, action plans, more more than anything else that the government can provide, we need Jesus. And I hope that today, as, as you watch this message, that God will stir in your heart and remind you that he is very much still in control and that no matter what, Jesus is more than enough. 
That's my hope, that's my desire. Uh, we're gonna be looking in, mostly in the book of Numbers today. We'll be in Deuteronomy a little bit, uh, some of the stories found in Exodus. If you wanna go read some more, I, I hope that you do that. But for 40 years, the people of God wandered in the wilderness. They wandered in the desert. It should have taken them two weeks, but 40 years of wandering, 40 years of testing, 40 years of complaining and grumbling, and God did something in that 40 years that allowed his people to look more like him, that allowed them to be prepared to enter into the next season of their life, which was the promised land. The first thing that the people of God complained about were all the hardships, the hardships. And there were many in Numbers chapter 11, verse one, it says they complained, the people complained about their hardships in hearing of the Lord. They did so within the hearing of the Lord. So what this means is God's listening you have the God of the universe hearing you, and instead of worshiping him, instead of praising him, instead of thanking him, you go, hey, this is not fun. This isn't what I signed up for, God. What are you gonna do about my current situation, God? Instead of worshiping, they complained. And I would say in this season, it's imperative that we choose to worship more than we complain, more than we fear. They complained about a lack of food. You've been to Walmart lately? You stockpiling? That's, that's wise, you should do it. Uh, we're not missing food, we're missing toilet paper. Yeah, that's a commodity now. I, I never thought that would be a thing. <laughs> I never did, but, but that's where we're at. And, and the people of God, they daily were fed manna. Manna's bread, literally in the Hebrew, the word manna means what is this? They would walk out of their tent and the scriptures say that as the dew would fall in the morning, so would the manna, so would the bread of God. The provision that God gave to them every single day. And after several years, you know what they did? They started complaining, we want meat. We want more than just this manna. We want more than just this bread. They complained before the, the God of the universe. What you're giving us isn't enough. Have, have you ever been there? Numbers chapter 11, verse four. The rabble with them began to crave other food. And again, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. God, what you're doing isn't enough. You've provided for our daily needs. We're sustained in you, but we want more. I've been there. I've been guilty of that disobedience. God is providing all that I need, but I want something else. I want something more. What an opportunity to talk to our children right now as we stockpile food, but to remind them that God is our provider and our sustainer. He's the one that will see us through. We don't need to fear, but we sure shouldn't complain because we don't have this or that. He's the God of the universe and he's more than sufficient. The Israelites, they, uh, they get to the Jordan River, they're on the edge of the promised land. They sent some spies across to, to see what it was that God had promised them. God had told them, this is gonna be yours, all of it. They sent some spies across, the spies come back, and they go, there's giants over there. We'll never be able to conquer them. There's no way our army can defeat theirs. They were stuck in a desert, it'd been 40 years, and now they're crippled with fear because what they thought God was doing, they see the reality of it now and they start to doubt. They start to wonder. As we read in Numbers chapter 14, verses one through four, that night, 
All the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. They were brothers who were leading them. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, either way would have been fine. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it have been better for us to just go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader. It's not Moses or Aaron and simply go back. What a, what a moment. What a crazy moment. Their wandering is done. They, they can see the finish line, but it's too big of a task. It's too scary of an idea. They, they want to pick a new leader and turn around and go back to what they had, but what they had was slavery. The application here it can go a million different directions. And I, and I know that. And I, I don't want you to just start to try to apply this. But as we're trying to figure out what God's doing, how God's working in and through this current situation, I just wonder if, if we'll get to the end, whether that's weeks from now or months from now or years from now, I, I don't know. I wonder if we'll get to the end and when God has been trying to refine us, maybe wake the church up, maybe, maybe call us to something higher or greater, maybe call you to something more and something better. Maybe we'll get to the end of this and see what God was doing and we'll go, yeah, that's, that's too much. I, I, just, I just wanna go back. I, I wanna go back to February 15th when this really wasn't a real thing. God, thank you for this journey, but uh, I don't want what you're offering. And what God's offering is something so great. What God's offering is such a wonderful chance for more of him. The Israelites had a cycle. They had a cycle of disobedience, followed by repentance, followed by a short period of trusting and obeying, followed by disobedience and repentance, and then a series of trusting and obeying. It's, it's amazing as you read the Old Testament, as you see this story unfold, and, and then you start to draw the parallels and go, that's, that's me, that's my story. It's my hope, church, that, that we can see that within our own lives. And whatever God is trying to do with the coronavirus and, and this season, that we would trust that he is God, that he has a plan, that where he's taking us is for our good and for his glory. And that when we get there, when we get there, we will choose to obey rather than to disobey. We will choose in this journey to trust rather than to question. It's not easy, but it's what we're called to do. To distrust is to disobey to take matters into our own hands, to say, we are going to fix this. The economy's going down. I, I don't know how to keep my family safe. I am going to gird up my loins and I'm going to figure out how to do this myself. That is not the response, church. That is not the response. Because God has a plan. He's mighty and strong. And I believe that what he's doing 
regardless of how it plays out in minute details, what he's doing is calling each of us to a higher level of trust and obedience. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses two through six. It's kind of just a summary of what God was doing with his people, the Israelites in the wilderness. It says this, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness for these 40 years. He did this to humble and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of our Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, your feet did not swell during these 40 years in the desert. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. Those verses lay out what I think is a pretty good roadmap for this season. And, and I'll call this season a wilderness season for all of us. Just, just walking back through it. Verse two says that in the season, in the wilderness, God led his people. God is still leading us if we'll simply listen. The way God led the Israelites was really pretty powerful and cool. During the day, there was a huge cloud pillar that they just followed. That's all they had to do. Keep their eyes on the pillar, follow where it goes. At night, you couldn't see the cloud, so it was a pillar of fire. Always in front of them was God leading them and guiding them. I believe that he is leading and guiding us today if we'll simply look, if we'll simply seek him. In the wilderness, there was a test a test of their humility. Their humility was designed to test their heart. The Greek word that's used means to reveal the truth. In our times of testing, in our wilderness times, our true heart is shown. How's your heart? How are you holding up? Where's your anxiety level? Where's your fear level? Where's your trust level? It's in these seasons that we will get to know the level of trust that we have in the Lord. When everything's great, it's easy to say, we trust you, God. What about when it's not? That's one of the beauties of the wilderness. It reveals the truth of our heart. For the Israelites, what was revealed? It was disbelief, it was distrust. And it was disobedience. A lot of disses. I pray that's not true for us. That in the season it would be the exact opposite. It's in the desert that we must trust that God is in control and that Jesus is enough. That's where it's the hardest to trust these things. But it's in the desert, it's in the wilderness that we must trust this. It's also in the desert that we see God's provision. I know in my life, it is the moments of greatest need that God has come through in the biggest ways. I don't think that is by coincidence. We have to have things stripped away for us to understand how benevolent and merciful our God is. And he is good and he is mighty. 
He's powerful and his provisions are more than sufficient for our need. I want you to hear this. There's some of you that are watching this right now, you're in the oil and gas industry. Coronavirus is one thing, but the fact that gas and oil prices have plummeted, that has you worried more than anything else in this season. In that wilderness, do you trust that God will provide? That God has you? Is that easy to do? No. It reveals the truth of our heart. In verses three and four, it says again, you've been humbled, causing you to hunger. And then I fed you with manna every day. I gave you the food that you needed. Your ancestors didn't know about it. They, they couldn't teach this. But I wanted you to know that you do not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of our Lord, every promise is what you live on. It's what you cling to. And I love in verse four, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't swell during these 40 years. Your physical body was provided for and your clothing provided for 40 years walking in the desert. I ain't had a pair of jeans that's lasted that long ever. But that's what God does. If he places us in a wilderness season, he provides for our needs. He did it then and he will do it now. God sustained the Israelites. He loved them. I've noticed that oftentimes when our world gets flipped upside down, we choose whether or not to run from God or to him. September 11th, the week after September 11th, church attendance in America went up by 40%. 40%. It's unbelievable. Why? Why did it do it? Because people across the nation were rocked to their core. Their security had been stripped away. What they had a week before, they no longer felt like they had, and they needed to replace it. And where did they run? They ran to church. They ran to God. I do not want to compare coronavirus and 9-11 in any way, shape, or form, but I do want to say this. I think it is interesting that in my lifetime, this is the most concerned I've ever seen the collective world and they can't run to church because they're all closed. So what do we do? Well, the church isn't four walls. It's not a building with a sign out front. The church is those who claim the name of Jesus, who trust him in the seasons of much, in the seasons of nothing, in the seasons of promise, and in the seasons of wilderness. The church is you. And our world needs the church right now. The world needs you to lead in obedience and trust, to lead in showing them that there is still hope. There is still something to cling to in the midst of all this fear. Church, it is not time to cower. It is time to stand up and speak truth to our world that is quivering in fear. And the way that we do that is by trusting ourselves and by obeying his commands, by walking in the truth and not being afraid to share that truth. Well, Todd, I'm supposed to socially distance myself. 
True, I would do so. Your phone still works. Your computer still works. Your voice, you still have it. I pray in this season that it speaks truth and it gives life to people who need something so desperately right now. The wilderness is actually a good thing, but that doesn't mean it's easy. If you look at verse five, know then your hearts that a man disciplines his son so the Lord your God will discipline you. These moments are for refining. These seasons are to make you look more like Jesus. Doesn't mean it's easy, doesn't mean it's fun, doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, okay? All those things are true. But when in your life have you been disciplined and in the moment it felt awesome? Never. But did it affect a change? Did it cause you to grow? Did it produce in you something great? I hope that was the purpose of the discipline. And for God, that's the purpose of the wilderness. To make us look more like him. And I don't know how this season's gonna end, but I know this, if for me and for my family, it causes us to trust him more and to look more like him, then that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. And it's something that we will embrace. Create in me a pure heart, Oh God, may that be our desire in this time, in this season. Because the final thing is that the wilderness prepares us. It prepares us to observe and obey God's commands. It's verse six. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. Observe his commands. Trust in his ways. Know that he is God and he is in control. It's the best thing that we can do in this season. Lord, teach me to walk in faithful obedience to you in the midst of fear and worry and confusion. Teach me, Lord, to walk in faithful obedience to you. The wilderness, it will take us into a deeper relationship with God if we allow it to. If we allow fear and chaos to cripple us, we will miss a wonderful and beautiful opportunity to know him more. This season has a purpose. And I believe that that purpose is for each and every one of us to examine our hearts to choose to trust and obey rather than to disobey, to be grown by God as he refines us and to walk with him as we gain more of his presence each and every day. Sometimes God needs to slow us down. Sometimes God needs to shake us up to get our attention so that we will seek more of him more of him in this season. In the weeks to come, we hope to be able to add live worship to our online services and we'll do so. But for today, will you do me a favor? Will you take the next 10 minutes, wherever you are, whether you're alone or with a bunch of people, will you take the next 10 minutes and will you just lay 
this season, this wilderness season before the Lord. Offer your heart to him so that he might reveal its truth. Choose today to trust in him and spend the next few moments asking God for more of his presence so that in this wilderness season, you can walk with him. Father, we want more of you. We need more of you in this season. Come and be for us our strength and our refuge. Come and be our truth and our hope. And may you be ever present in our lives as we walk with you and as we provide you as a source of hope and life and truth to those that we hear from and come into contact with who have no idea how to navigate this season. You are all that we need. You're all that we want. God, you are in control. And Jesus, you are more than enough. May we own that and believe that in our own hearts and minds. And may we share that with a world who desperately needs to hear that message. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.